Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So this morning, we are going to conclude this series of sermon that we opened up on Christian character. So we have come a long way. I believe this is the ninth uh, Sunday that we are continuing with that series. Normally, six weeks are good, but more than six weeks is a little bit of you know stretch, a little bit of a stretch uh, to continue any any sermon series. But then I thank you because you have cooperated with me, listening to me. So this is the eighth or the final sermon on the series called Christian Character. So this morning we are going to talk about the final Christian character called the contentment. Contentment is the final the eighth Christian character that we are going to talk about today. So as we do, we just quickly do an overview of what we did during last week. Any of you remember last week what we spoke? Compassion. So we spoke about compassion. So quickly let's go through what is compassion. We found out compassion is a feeling that we have sympathy on someone who is hurting. Someone who is going through a pain, someone is wounded, and women, you look at them, you feel, you sympathize over their situation. Compassion also means to suffer with. It's not just looking at somebody and just, you know, taking our hands off. But it is also to participate in the sufferings and pains that someone is going through. So compassion, is also, compassion also means suffering, to suffer with. And we realize that our God is a compassionate God. And Jesus, when he came to this world, he demonstrated that compassion to the people around him. And in the same way, he expects us to demonstrate compassion, to have compassion over someone who is going through a terrible time. So let me ask some questions this morning. To whom shall we, should we show compassion? Should we show only to our church members? Yes? No? Yes or no? no? No. Should we show compassion to only to Christians? No. Should we show compassion only to you know, uh, those who are uh, living in our nation? No. Should we show compassion you know, to, to those people, those who are persecuting Christians? You're silent? Yes. You don't want to say no? I'll repeat the question. Maybe the question is not clear. Should we show compassion to those who persecute Christians? Yes, okay. You didn't understand the question. Okay. So we need to, we are asked to show compassion to everybody. You know, we spoke about Good Samaritan. So was the fellow who was wounded, was he known to Good Samaritan? Yes? No? No? Was that wounded person known to the Good Samaritan? No. Okay. Was the wounded person his neighbor? No. Then who was he? A stranger. Okay. So a stranger. But then Jesus, you know, modified the law a little bit and said, Who is your neighbor? A stranger is your neighbor. Neighbor is not just the one who is living next door. Neighbor is also another fellow human. So that means Jesus made it very universal saying that we need to show compassion to everybody. 
I believe it is same as, you know, how many times do we need to forgive? <laughs> Again, we are back in that, in, in that group. How many times? Unlimited times. Seven times, seven by seven, and, you know, all this calculation. Finally, we end up unlimited times we need to show. Forgiveness, I believe the same way we are asked to show compassion. Unlimited time. You know, some of these characteristics that we are talking about, it's very difficult to follow. So God is asking us to show compassion every day in our lives. You know, good Samaritan, as he was walking in, the, in those streets, from Jericho to Jerusalem, and as he saw the wounded man there, you know, he was just on his business on that day. He was not on a mission trip. You know, there is something we think that, you know, when we go for a mission trip, we work with those people, we help those people, we show our compassion to them. But when we are out of that mission trip, then we are back to our life. No, but God is asking us to show compassion, show love to everyone in our daily life. The world is looking for people with compassion, people who can have concern about them, people who are really willing to care for them. And this morning we are here to talk about the final Christian characteristics called contentment. We came all the way from faith to obedience, humility, love, forgiveness, joy, and compassion. And this morning we are talking about contentment. Okay? So as we do in this series, so one more last time we are going to go through our biblical convictions of Christian characters. Are you ready with me this morning to read through our biblical convictions? Number one, the Bible is the inspired word of God and the final authority in my life. My purpose in life is to love God and to order my priorities, order my life around his priorities. My body is the temple of God and I must not defile it. My church correctly teaches me the foundational truths of the Bible. My children are gifts from God and I develop godly character in them. My actions must never weaken the scriptural convictions of others. My marriage is a life long commitment to God and to my spouse. My money is given by God to manage faithfully and wisely. I don't own it. My words must be in harmony with God's word. I am accountable. My affections should be set on things above, not things on the earth. So that being said, this morning we are going to talk about the final Christian characteristics, the eighth Christian characteristics, the eighth pillar of Christian characteristics called contentment. So this is what, you know, overall, this is what we are trying to cover this morning. We are trying to define what contentment is. And we are going to talk about what Bible defines, in what way Bible talks about contentment. And what is discontentment? And why contentment is a Christian character, why it is so important. And we are going to talk about the contentment of a mature Christian believer. We are also going to talk about contentment, you know, discontentment being a great loss to anybody. And how do we develop contentment? Right? So that's, that's the kind of quick coverage. We're talking about pillar number eight called the contentment. Let's try to define contentment. So this is how dictionary defines contentment. It says contentment is the state of being happy and satisfied. That's a dictionary definition. A state of being happy and satisfied. Now we are having trouble in both the areas in our lives. And there are many things in our lives we are not happy with. There are many areas in our lives we are not satisfied with, according to this definition. 
So that means we, don't, we are not content. We don't have contentment within us. Dictionary also says the state of being mentally and emotionally satisfied with the things as they are. That means God has given us a family. Just that family. Just that individual in my life. Just that, just that workplace in my life. That kind of setup in my life. That church in my life. The state of being mentally and emotionally satisfied with the things that are given in our lives. You know, some of us may say that, you know, we may not be, we are not, I'm not happy with my life at all. I'm not happy with the way things are happening in my life. I expected so many things to happen, but never it happened in my life. Contentment is an attitude of accepting whatever is given and just be happy with it. You know, many times it's difficult. Many times we look over the fence. We look over the boundaries of our life. We look over someone else and we get discouraged. So discontentment means the life having too much of stress to handle. You know, at times we are unhappy. At times we are, we do selfish things. We don't really care about others. We isolate from people. We are not there to help somebody, but we are there to just live for ourselves. We are anxious at times. We are stressful. We are not happy with the life in general. There are many people today in the church, outside the church, they are not happy with their life at all. There are many Christian believers, there are many so, you know, so deep Christian believers, they are not happy with their life. And the reason they say, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking my life out of this world, is only because I fear God. I want to die, I want to commit, I want to uh, suicide, I want to end my life. But the reason why I'm not doing it is just only because I fear God. I fear God. You know, there are many lives around us today. They live without contentment. They live in discontentment. Let's come back to Bible and see what Bible talks about contentment. Bible says it is an inner sense of rest or peace that comes by being right with God. Listen to this. Contentment is a state of rest. Can you read this stuff with me? It's an inner sense of rest or peace that comes from being right with God. You know, the moment we go wrong with God, the moment we don't have a right relationship with God, we lose that contentment and over that whatever we try to do is not going to satisfy us. You know, it is true in our family life. It is true in our church life, in our spiritual life. You know, there is some area, some thin line that's not right with God, that's not connecting us with God. There is something wrong in that area. And over that we try to do many other things, but eventually nothing is going to satisfy us. So contentment is an inner sense of rest and peace that tells that you are right with God. It is also a strong assurance that my God knows what I am going through. And my God knows all my needs. And he will provide. He will provide. 
you know that 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 that's a strong contentment strong assurance gives us that satisfaction that strength now there are many examples i could quote some of our lives now when we were going through that situation we were just holding on to god and saying that lord i know god i know because you know my needs you know my situation and i know you will open the door right door in the right time i thank god for teacher and that's what he mentioned when he came from india the situation was not good here it was very very challenging and we were praying together times and you know he says i'm just waiting i'm not speaking i'm not saying anything i don't have anything to say but i'm just waiting because i know that my god knows my needs my god knows that i believe that he will open the door in the right time in my life and he did so he's faithful contentment is putting our trust in god and knowing that god knows everything that we are going through contentment is also having satisfaction feeling sufficiency and having you know kind of attitude that says enough what god has given me is enough what god has given me is enough it's tough to say at times i don't know whether have you any time at least those who are married have you any time held your hand of your spouse and told you are enough for me you are the best for me you know you may say that you may not believe that you are the best but for me you are the best for the world you may not be but for for me i'm satisfied i'm fully satisfied i'm happy i'm really joyous of having you in my life having a satisfaction lord if this is what is given to me i'm okay with it lord if this is what you want me to go through i am okay with it lord lord i expected so many things but lord this is what is given to me it's okay i will go through you know most of the time it's not just you alone there are people around you they go through in the same path elijah came and told god i am the only one left i am the only one but that was not true god told there are thousand more proud, more people they did not bow their knee before baal they belong to me too most of the time we think that it's me it's me it's me but it's not there are many other people they are going through the same thing that we go through today having satisfaction in what is given to us is what is contentment biblical contentment is not really an excuse to sit around and do nothing you know i come across that kind of people probably you don't come across people you know brother why are you not putting any effort to find a job no no it's okay brother why are you not studying anything why are you not doing anything why don't you just go around and find a job or why are you not getting married no it's okay i'm happy about it i'm just okay with it so that's not biblical contentment that's laziness right so it's a kind of apathy it's a kind of laziness that we have it's it's you know at times we lack ambition we don't have any focus in what we do but that's not contentment but contentment is you know knowing and trying our level best 
And once we do that, what is given, we are satisfied with it. That's what is contentment. You know, that's what Paul says. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14, we may not have time to read it, but this is what says. He says, I will forget those things. I forget those, my, those of my failures in the past. But what I do, I don't sit now just idle and keep reading my you know, Bible every day morning. He did not say that. I will have a coffee and you know, I will read my Bible every day morning. Sitting, sitting in my deck. No, he did not say that. But he said, I press forward. I press for even at the moment he was imprisoned in the Rome for the second time and third time. He was sitting and writing. He was writing the you know, book to the, this gospel, the epistles to the Philippians. And even at that time, he says, I have only a few more days before I end my life. But even now at this moment, I press forward. Because if I don't do it, I will lose that goal. I will lose that mark. You know, sometimes it becomes that sensitive, that important in our lives that we need to press forward. We need to press forward in our Christian life. You know, that's why we have church. That's why we have fellowship. You know, if we miss those things, we just get away from God without our knowledge. But God is asking us this morning, the biblical contentment is not just being lazy, not just sitting and doing nothing, but instead pressing forward. If you need to come up in our career, if you need to come up in our life, if you need to have a settle down against a good family, if you need to bring up our children in a godly way, we need to press forward every time. Otherwise, things will not happen. We are talking about biblical contentment. Let's throw some light into what is discontentment. This is important. Dissatisfaction. How many of us are satisfied here with our life? Let me see your hands. I saw an offhand. I see another half a hand. I not see a full hand at all. That's true. Good, you are telling the truth. We are not satisfied with our life. We are not. We are not content. We are discontent. This morning, let's have an open heart. God may speak to us. You know, statistics say, some of the very good statistics, this is what they say. If one has roof overhead, listen to this. If one has roof overhead, he said, and he has a meal on his table, he is richer than 93% of world's population. If one has a roof on his, on a bow, if one has food to put in the table, he is 93% richer than the rest of the world's population. That means God has kept us in such a position that we are 93% richer than the world's population. The entire world's population is suffering. They don't have what we have today. Another statistic says if a person wears a pair of shoes, he is richer than 75% of the people in the world. If you and I have ability to wear a pair of shoes, we are 75% richer than the population. How much God has blessed you and me. We have much more than a roof. We have much more than food. We have much more than shoes. God has blessed us in many ways. But this morning, the Spirit of God is asking us, are you content with what I have given to you? The answer is no. That's the right answer. But we are here to find out, Lord, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. What should I do in this situation? Statistics also says in the United States alone, credit card debt averages more than 16,000 per household in the United States. But in Canada, it is 20, it's above, far above $21,300. A household average 
level of credit card debt. 16,000 above in the United States and 21,300 above in, the, in Canada. What does it mean? It means, in spite of God giving all these blessings, we want to spend 16,000 more. We want to spend 21, 22,000 more. And we did that. And we are still not content. We are still not satisfied. You know, this morning we are talking about something that really hurts us, something that it really deals with us. Are we satisfied with the life that God has given to us? Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And he found out and he said, this too is meaningless. You know, that's how it is. He did not understand the wisest man in the world. He did not understand what he was talking when he said this. And he said, whoever loves money, they never have. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. We ask the same question again. Are we satisfied with your income? We said, anybody says yes? We say no. I say no. I'm not satisfied with my income. And I believe all of you will say the same thing. You want to think about this morning. Sometimes we don't love money. But we, our credit card debt is more than 21,000. What does it mean? We are not satisfied still. Now I, I, can, I can never you know, fail saying this. In 2010, I had to rush to India. All of us rushed to India because my mom had a hip replacement surgery because she was struggling in pain for three months. And the doctor himself called me, phone, what are you doing there? Come immediately. Let's get this done. Otherwise, it's too painful. So we went there and we met the I met the doctor and the surgery was done. Everything went well by grace of God. And we went, me and my dad, uh, he was alive at that time. We went uh, to settle the payment with the doctor. And he, we had to go to his house because he was a special doctor you know, invited to that facility. And we went to, the, went to his house and we was waiting for him and he came. And uh, me and my dad, we carried with us, it's, uh, we carried with us two lakhs rupees. That is 200,000 rupee. That's around $4,000, dollars here maybe. Right, so we carried that money with us two lakh, that is 200,000 rupee with us and we carried that money with us to hand over to him. Because it's a major surgery and uh, money has to be settled. And he came and he came and they, we gave the money to him. He did not take it immediately and he asked me how much you have. I, we said this is what we have 200,000 rupees with us. This is what we came. We were thinking that it may not be enough for him. We were not sure. And he looked at us and he said, for what? I don't want this much. And we said, he's a Hindu man. Uh, he has all the symbols on his body that say, it says that he's Hindu. And he said, I don't want this much. Then how much you want? Take 40,000 rupees and give it to me. And he said, we went on and he said, I need to pay this much for the anesthetist. Anesthetist, and, and then you need to pay this much for the lab, and they need to pay this much. And then how, how much you take? I don't want anything. He said, we looked at him and he said, what do you say? 
Because it's just a, such a major surgery and you spent three hours, four hours and every time you visited her and he said, I don't want. We said, why? He just looked at me, he's a Hindu man, he's a very staunch Hindu man and he looked at my face and he said, sir, how many shirts you can wear at a time? I said, one. And that's what a man needs. How many plates of food you can eat at a time? I said, one. That's what we need. We don't need anything more. Take the money. I will just take the money, what I need to pay for others. This is my service. And we are in, and all three brothers are in the United States and Canada, and he's doing a service to us we couldn't imagine. But it spoke to me, it speaks to me even today. We don't need more than one shirt. We don't need more than something that we need, use every day. We don't need anything more than that. Contentment is a Christian character. That's what we are talking about this morning. How do we say contentment is a Christian character? Discontentment causes me to look horizontally. Listen to this. Discontentment in my life makes me to look horizontally. I end up in looking people around me. I look, end up in looking somebody who is working with me, somebody who is studying with me, somebody who is my neighbor, somebody who comes and every day he brings three, four cars and he washes the cars all day. And that's what his job. I look at parallelly, horizontally with everybody when I have discontentment in my heart. But when I have contentment within me, I look up, vertically up. You know, this morning we need that contentment to look our Savior, the one who left everything and came down to this earth. We don't need anything more than that. Discontentment, having, not having satisfaction within us, causes us to fear. We are living, live in fear. We murmur against God at times. We complain all the time and we continue to live in anxiety. But God is telling us, you need to just look up vertically. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 says, First Timothy chapter 6 verse 6, very important scripture. Now godliness with contentment is a great gain. Can you repeat that after me? Godliness with contentment is a great gain. That means many are godly today, but not content. You know, there, there is a you know, huge difference being godly and living a content life. You don't need to be really being godly. You need to be godly to live content as I was quoting this man, this doctor. But when you are godly, scripture expects you to be content, to have satisfaction in what we have. A very simple thing, why we are talking about contentment as a Christian character. If I'm not satisfied with what I have, I can't leave anybody to Christ. Simple thing. If I'm not happy with the life that I have today, I cannot leave anybody to Christ. Because I say, I don't want you to come into this mess. Don't come. Don't come. That will be our attitude. But instead, God is asking us to be satisfied with what God has given to us. We are going to talk about a mature Christian from the word of God. Contentment of a mature Christian. Can we turn with me to Philippians? Philippians chapter 4. We are going to read verses from 10 through 13. Philippians chapter 4. 10 through 13. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly 
that now at last your care for me has flourished again though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity to care for me paul writes to church in philippi and verse 11 philippians 4 he says not that i speak in regard to need for i have learned in whatever state i am to be content was told i know how to be abased means lowered and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need i can do all things through christ who strengthens me you know paul suffered great things for the gospel you know if you know the history you know paul suffered greatly he was repeatedly whipped by the roman soldiers many times he was scourged he was even beaten up with rods that's what scripture says and he was haunted as a dog every time you know his, his assassins they want to kill him they want to destroy paul they wanted to and they were just haunting him he was imprisoned many times many times he was in the prison he many escaped many times but many times he was again put back into the prison and he remember once he was stoned to death and paul was stoned and he fell down he could not handle that throwing of stones on the his body and he fell down and they thought he is dead dead already and they left him and from there he got up and now he is sitting in the dungeon he is sitting in the prison in rome in rome and he is writing this epistles along with the galatians and colossians and philemon he is writing philippians and he is that's what that's what he is saying i rejoice in the lord probably i don't know his hands are tied he was just thrown on the floor and he was just living in that place and he was aged because this is happening he's writing philippians around 861 to 64 in 866 paul was martyred by nero he's writing at the end of his life and this is what he's writing you're talking about a contentment of a mature believer and when paul says god expects you and i to say this in our lives and he says i rejoice in the lord greatly that at least you are caring for me you wanted to care for me many times but you not get the you do not get the opportunity and he says when verse 11 not that i speak in regard to the need for i have learned in whatever state i am to be content in whatever situation i am i learn to be content and he says i know how to be abased he's literally thrown in the floor I say, he said, I know how to just live on the floor. A man of God who met Jesus, Lord Jesus, on the way to Damascus, who was a Pharisee, well educated man of God, thrown on the ground. And he says, I learned how to know how to live when I am lowered. I know how to abound. It's not that I am against money, it's not that I am against wealth. I know when it is given I know how to live accordingly and he says everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry and one time when we skip our meal we feel the pain of it Paul says I know how to live in hungry I know how to live in full both abound 
and to suffer for need. We are talking about the contentment of a mature believer. You know, if we really know this scripture, we will stop complaining. We will stop complaining. I will stop complaining. We also talk about contentment is a great loss. Godliness with contentment is a great gain. Sorry, but discontentment is a great loss. Not having satisfaction is a great loss. If you can turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Quickly, let's go through the scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. That's where Paul says, Now godliness with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And verse 10 says, For the love of the money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have, some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We are talking about discontentment being a great loss. You know, if for some reason, if we are satisfied, dissatisfied with something in our life, if we are discontent with something in our life, you know, this is the message this morning. Paul is writing to Timothy and he is saying that, you know, without contentment, what can happen to a man's life? Number one, we can't keep what we gain because we lose everything. We can't keep what? Because godliness with contentment is a gain and discontentment is a loss for us. Number two, we try to acquire more than what we need. You know, if we don't have satisfaction, most of the time we try to look for things that we don't need. Job says, in Paul says here, Job says in uh, Job chapter 1 verse 12, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. And here Paul says, I brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that I cannot carry anything back when I leave this world. When we leave this world, nothing we can take. All the wealth that we gained, it's all will be taken and thrown out by somebody. Number three, we fall into temptation. Paul says, if you want to become rich, if you want to acquire more than what we need, we fall into temptation. And we fall into the snare of the enemy. And we, number five, four, he says, we may walk away from faith. The more we want to have, more we desire after things of this world, we walk away from faith. And number five, he says, we will experience great sorrow. You know what? Most of the time, families, the parents, those who want to acquire more property, more things, the sorrow comes through the children. The life of the children, life of the children will be a miserable. You know, parents are after money all the time, and children they walk away from God, and misery comes into that comes into that family through the children. Finally, before we close, we talk about how do we develop contentment. There are four simple things. Scriptures just want to leave with you. Number one, by remembering the cross. Lord, if I'm not satisfied today with something, the first thing I need to do is. Remember the cross. We see Christ, our Savior, hanging at the cross. Scripture says he was rich. His father was rich. 
And from there he came down to this world. And the creator of this universe, he had a no place to stay. Can you imagine? The creator of the whole universe, he created everything, but nobody is willing to give a room for him on this world. He left everything that he had. And he was hanging at the cross. And this morning, if we are not satisfied with our life on this earth, let's look at the cross, the one who is hanging at the cross. How much he loves you and me. Number two, Paul is repeatedly saying, you need to forget your past. You know, some of our past is killing us. When we come to this nation and we think about all the troubles that we went through, we think about all the pain that we went through to come to this place that we are in today. And we turn back and question God, Lord, I did, I went through all this trouble. Is it just because what I am doing today, what I am in today? Paul is asking us to forget the past. He says in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those questions that we have. Lord, why it happened in my past, in my life? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Number three, how do we develop contentment within us by living one day at a time? You know, many times we want to acquire, we want to save for our future. We want to save for our future. It's a good thing. But you know, more we put our thought, more we put our minds into those things, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all my needs. You know what? God wants us to have that assurance within us saying that my God will take care of my need. You know, this morning God is telling us if you are not satisfied with something, if you are not content with something, God wants us to live one day at a time. Just think about, you know, scripture also says, every day has its own trouble. Every day has its own problem. There is no point in worrying about tomorrow what will happen. Just trust in God. Number four, by doing the will of God. You know, this is what is very, very important. Psalm 48 says, I delight to do your will. Oh my God. David says, I delight, Lord, to do your will. John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, to his disciples, my food is to fulfill the will of my father who sent me and to finish his work. You know, will of God is very, very important. The question that if we are not satisfied, the next question that we need to ask is, am I doing the will of God? You know, when we do the will of God, that brings us great amount of satisfaction. Just want to close this morning with this, with this short illustration or story. A short-term missionary, listen to this, a short-term missionary met a leper on the island of Tobago. He was sent as a missionary to one of the Caribbean islands, Tobago, and he went there as a missionary, short-term missionary, and he met a leper in that island. And on the final day of his mission, he was having a worship service going on. Most of them are lepers sitting there. He had a great worship service going on. And he asked a question to those people, those who are in the worship service. Do any of you have your favorite song? And that was a question asked. And when he asked the question, 
the most disfigured disfigured human on the face of this earth that he has he had ever seen a woman she turned around and she had no ears because already the leprosy has eaten off she had no nose and her lips were completely gone and she raised her both her fingerless hands and she asked could we sing count your many blessings she had no nose no ears no lips you can imagine such a figure disfigured figure and she raised both her hands no finger already leprosy has eaten them off and she asked can we sing count your many blessings the missionary started singing that song but he could not continue he could not finish someone later when they wrote the biography of this missionary they wrote about him the what they spoke to him the missionary was asked i suppose you will never be able to sing that song again in your life because every time when you sing that song that memory comes in your mind of how that leper rejoicing in the lord singing count your many blessings but he said the missionary said no i will sing that song again but never the same way i used to sing you know many times we sing that song count your blessings but within our heart in deep in our heart we murmur against god a leper could sing count your many blessings how much more we are blessed today you know god wants us to rejoice in what is given to us god doesn't want us to be discontent in our living god wants us to be happy with what is given you know as i said we have all that we need today god has blessed every one of us but still we are not content means god is not happy with your life god is not satisfied with the life that god has given to us the blessings that god has given to us you know this morning as we conclude this series on christian characteristics contentment stands out and it tells us it asks you today are you content with what is given to you shall we close our eyes hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to pastor balan swaminathan at balan@hipm.org at god bless you